Hey, this is T. Blankenship. Are you a fan of Pi? Where there is Pi at permies.com. This Pi grants the user of secret access. You also get free things like videos of Wheaton Labs, the ability to add two thumbs up, two posts, and more. To get Pi, go to permies.com forward slash Pi to get the inside scoop of what Pi can do for you. Again, that is permies.com forward slash Pi. All right, we're at the PDC. It's day 11 or 12 or so. Um, so talent night's just around the corner. Um, uh, this PDC, there's people present many times, and so uh, the second presentation was last night. Um, and, of course, at all the meals, we kind of talk about a lot of different things, and we kind of got this idea of making a podcast about uh, whether or not to go to college. So um, I'm sure everybody at this table has not only asked themselves that question at the right age and made some choices, but on top of that, um, since then, I occasionally encounter folks that are, you know, trying to ask that same question. And I think that stuff today is different from 10 or 12 years ago when I last recorded a podcast kind of touching on this topic. And, and back then, I was kind of saying edge case. Um, but now I've published the skip book and the skip program and all of that. So, I mean, like, that's a that's a very powerful alternative. And we put a lot of work into the chapter in that book about um, college versus skip. And um, and we, we did a lot of research and I didn't real I did not know 10, 12 years ago how much more expensive college is today than it was then, which at the time then, 10 or 12 years ago, it was psychotically more expensive than it was when I went. Um, I seem to remember like quarterly um, tuition was something like $440. (laughs) And and I I was frustrated at how expensive that was like are you kidding me that is a lot of money and so um uh now um like one of the stats uh, it was that the uh the average cost for getting full four-year education is a hundred thousand dollars that's that's average so um there are going to be i i don't know is ivy league like half a million i i'm not sure what does i does anybody know what ivy league goes for today? It depends on if it's public or not. If it's public and you're in state, you might get a fairly good deal on it. But if you're out of state, <laughs> it's going to be very expensive. Or if it's private. But I, yeah, private, Ivy League. Yep. So, like, you know, what's it cost to go to Harvard for four years? No idea. Yeah. <laughs> not even looking. <laughs> yeah, right. I, yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm, I imagine it's pretty damn expensive. And so, oh, um, Jenkins going to look it up. He's Ask the mighty Google. Okay. I think, you know what? I think my advice is not all that different from 12 years ago. And and I, I, I don't remember what I said 12 years ago, but I think what it was is that if you don't have to pay for it, go. I mean... It's a hoot. Yeah, you get it's fun. You get to meet a lot of people. You learn some things. I, I really like how 
there are like uh, I, I see I don't want to say extracurricular activities because that everybody gets the wrong idea like oh the parties and it's like I didn't really go to that parties I did meet a lot of people that do a lot of stuff outside of class and everything but the thing I'm thinking of is is that there were clubs there were massive resources that were available to people okay you looked it up what is it yeah, so full-time tuition at Harvard University right now is uh, 57000 a year. Oh, oh, that's, that's less than I thought it would be. Yeah. Okay, all right, cool. So, all right, um, I remember when I was a freshman in college that I got involved in, they, they had a radio station there, and I, they, let, they let anybody who was a student be uh, be on the radio and do radio things and so I I did that and, and I enjoyed it very much um, I remember at different times taking on incredibly huge projects which were paid for by the university um, and, and of course you know I did crazy things outside the norm and they were like oh yeah we'll give you 20 grand for that and I was like holy shit <laughs> and that was that was easier than I thought, and uh, so I don't know. I think I think that there's a lot to be said for for uh, being at a university, and I want to talk about different universities and you know ups and downs. But that's probably all changed. So my advice in that space is you know probably pointless. But when people say I want to do permaculture, I kind of feel like there there are universities that have permaculture programs I'm not sure if they have a permaculture degree but they might I I, I, I know that like uh, Oregon State University with Andrew Millison um, that they teach permaculture at the university um, I'm, I'm I'm not sure if it goes beyond that um, I've heard rumors of getting a permaculture degree but I think it might be like a minor or something like that but the problem is is that if you go into those colleges then um, anything that has anything to do with ag is basically controlled by Kim Ag so Kim Ag you know uh, puts in a whole bunch of donations with strings attached and um, so then the university has this very strong Kim Ag flavor to it and then uh, extension offices are an extension of the ag colleges, and the ag colleges are controlled by CAMAG, which is why um, the Master Gardener program, which is taught by uh, the extension office, uh, is very CAMAG-centric. Um, and and uh, every year they kind of choke down on organic more and more and more. So, which is one of the reasons why we put together the Garden Master Course as a substitute for the Master Gardener program at those Kim Ag places. So, all right, all right. Um, guys, what do you think? Uh, college or not? Brent? 
I've got some opinions on this, and like if you add in like the financial dynamics of it, because I'm kind of more financial, and like how realistic are you going to be able to support yourself and your family, and how much value do you get from going to school, just purely from a value perspective? And I would argue that with the change in energy that our current society and how it's all set up is becoming much more expensive, and and that's one reason why college is getting more and more expensive. And so if you can go and look at that dynamic and what do you like to do, you potentially could make more money if you kind of average it over time, the costs and the and your, your outputs of your work. You could actually be farther ahead going and being outside of college than in college, depending on kind of what you want to do. And there's alternative ways to learn things. But as energy, energy costs increase, it's going to become more and more profitable to not go to college because that's kind of set up on the current system that's highly energy dependent and so those dynamics are making it more and more likely that you could have a really good life and not go follow the the university path and follow an alternative education path i think along those lines one of the things that i remember that we looked up repeatedly um, when writing the book was how long does it take the average person to pay back their loan if they got a, if they got a loan to go to college and it's more than 20 years it was like i think it was, i want to say 24 but i'm not looking at the stats right now um the i'm ad- arguing that that over over time as our energy costs become so much more expensive mm-hmm. that it's going to be a longer and longer payback to pay for that debt up front with the revenue that you're going to get from your wages right if right. you look at it purely yep. from an economic perspective i think it's going to become much more it's going it's going to look more economically profitable to go to college less or have alternative education just because of those dynamics over time and and then you also pile in you know is the food nutritious you know <laughs> that, you, that you buy right are your family yeah. going to be healthy from yeah. from that system and so at a minimum one person out of the you know the married couple with children you know one should probably be outside of the current system and trying to get those things that are going to be important to the family but I think you could argue more and more that for all those dynamics plus the financial that it's probably going to be you, you have a higher likelihood that it's going to be good to go and do alternative education alternative ways okay I, I think a critically important thing is that if you're keen on permaculture then um, and if you're going to get a loan um, the, the, the thing is is that um, going to college is to prepare you for getting a higher paying job so then as long as you're at work assuming you're going to do that you're going to go work and instead of pursuing gratitude so you're going to go to you're going to go to work you might as well get paid more however if you got a loan you, you kind of got to pay that back so for a while you get not exactly paid less but it's it's like uh maybe net less maybe net more you know as you're making those payments but 
if your uh, final goal is, you know, permaculture homestead, then it's kind of like, um, well, you got to put that off for the four years you're in college and the 20 some years you're paying back the loans because you got to keep getting that cash. You got to keep getting that coin. And then, um, and then you might need to put in another 10 years maybe to get your grub steak for your homestead kind of a thing. Um, I kind of feel like, um, and, and, you know, there's three, three gentlemen sitting at this table right now, and um, I would not be surprised if all three of them did not believe the thing I was about to say. There's a, for every person that seems to be pursuing higher levels of skip, um, there are 20 people that we've heard from that, that have land and want the skippers to go faster. Because <laughs> uh, they're getting older and they're worried that they might expire before they get a skipper lined up to inherit their land. So, um, I don't know. You guys believe me? I do. You do? Oh, do. Oh, good. Good. At least one does. All right. All right. Um, I believe you that it's possible seeing it actually happen and how the dynamic works and trying to find the right skipper to go and meet their criteria seems like it could be challenging. <laughs> I No, no. I think that there's challenges in there, and that falls directly into the space of not my fucking problem. Um, I mean, uh, I the thing is, is that I've heard from several of these people, and to say that they are anxious for a skipper to, you know, get to the point that the that the um, Otis is ready to will them the land is, I mean, it's there. But I get it. You don't believe people don't believe me. And that's fine. That's fine. And. Um, uh, we, it seems like there have been some people that um, have been, you know, plowing through the program, and um, uh, I don't know. Then it seems like they kind of tap the brakes just before the finish line, and uh, and I kind of feel like I'd I'd love to see that first connection made, even though it could be a little um dodgy yeah and it's like but but you know and maybe there'll be lawyers that'll step up to kind of help smooth the way or something but um i would hope there'd be another category that is you've demonstrated that you can do that we think that you are going to take care of the land we think you're going to be doing the principles that they want their land to kind of go towards but maybe they don't have the money for it that they'll go and say can I have a lower price you know can I help you get into this and get you started it'd be great to kind of have that like like I don't want a free lunch I don't need a free lunch but it would be nice to be able to find that nice spot and kind of have preferential treatment to go and to buy that land maybe at a slightly reduced affordable rate or you know owner financing or something that would help more permaculture people get into those situations without being like a full-on free thing you know i don't want that or need it but having that extra thing to help keep like can we direct permaculture type people you know, to take care of the land a little bit better, and maybe the owners of the land would want that. Let it's me, like a little different program. Let know? me, uh, let me just ask you, and and, uh, and maybe I've already said this in a podcast, so then you know, you'll you'll see what I'm asking, and and you know, you'll have the actual answer. But but uh, let's suppose I put out a thing saying like I want to hire 
uh, a gardener, a good gardener, to come out here for 10 months, to do 10 months of gardening, um, what would be the annual pay for that person? I have no idea. Pick a number. Come on. Do it. Do it. Pick a number. <laughs> so is it? So cats yelling. Cats yelling out sixty-five thousand. I mean, if it comes with a place to stay and everything like that, you know, you don't need as much. I'm going to say not a place to stay because that gets into a complicated space. I'm just going to say. You show up, you get your money, and then, I don't know, you rent a house nearby, or you you live out of your car. I don't care. But whatever is, because, you know, you, they live in the city, or they live in some little town, or whatever. They get a certain amount of money for whatever job they're doing right now, and, you know, they have to pay it for their own house. I mean, we're talking about real pay. Real pay. I You know, um, so... Real pay, how much money per year to have somebody... Well, it's not even per year, for 10 months. To come out here for 10 months and be a gardener. Probably forty to 50000 I would imagine. Forty to $50,000 for 10 months. Okay. I would have to agree with that. Okay. About forty, 40 to fifty. Forty to fifty. And 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 Kat said sixty five thousand. Well you said per year. So per, no, no, no. It will sixty five thousand per year, but of course, you know, two months off or something or two months shorter. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, we put it out for a hundred thousand dollars and we did get like and we needed five to do the project that we were looking to do. And and not only that, but we had a guy that uh, offered to put up $150,000 if we could do a Kickstarter that would do 150000 or more. And so, like, we had bonus stuff. If, if we can get this project off the ground, we put it out for a hundred. We did get like three people, maybe four, who who signed up. Um, and uh, we were looking for we were looking for five. We were looking for five. And and I kind of looked through the stuff that people had that, that they posted, and it wasn't epic skills. There, I think we had one person who had, at some point in their past, grown one-tenth of what we're looking for. And so, um, but, okay, um, the, 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 uh, there you go, a little, a little deviation from the norm, and it's kind of like, uh, it's my own little frustration, and, uh, and I was kind of, I was, I, I don't know, I was kind of stuck in this little grumpy space earlier today where I was kind of thinking about, you know what would happen? I'd work out some kind of deal to pay somebody the $100,000, and then I would find a way to get it paid for. And by the time I got the thing, I would get an email from the person. And this is like, this is the way 80% of all of our projects go. And uh, I get an email from the person in question like, like um, uh, that says, um, change of plans, good luck, I'm sure you'll find somebody great. And then like 10 minutes later, here's your funding, buddy. Um, I'm looking forward to that pers- that particular person doing the thing that they said that they would do. And uh, that looks, I'm excited for the final results. So now I got to send that money back saying, you know, that person 
split at the last second. They found uh, something else they wanted to do instead. Just kind of seems like we get about 80%, maybe more than 80% of our stuff kind of goes that way. All right. There you go. That was that was a little uh, deviation there. Let's let's circle back to the the topic at hand, and that is attending college. And it's kind of like I. So here I am. I guess whatever it is I've been doing since 2004, I don't think it's proper to call it work. So it's not like it's not like a worky job. I, I whatever it is that I do, it's. I do it at my own pace, and I do, and I probably put in a lot more hours. I know I put in a lot more hours than most people put into a worky job, but um, the key is is that if you go to college, the idea is to get a higher paying worky job, and it's like, ha ha ha! I'm so clever, and uh, I I don't know. I kind of think that if a person put one year at this moment put one year into skip like like the same amount of time that they would put into a college that by the time they finished one year of skip that not only would they have i'm not i don't want to say learned more but they would have learned it in a physical way like they would have built physical things. You know, college is a lot of paperwork. It's like I'm going to take a test on paper and I'm going to I'm going to, you know, uh, write a report on paper and I expect that it isn't even on paper anymore. <laughs> I'm going to email it in. But okay, it's going to be a lot of that kind of thing, a lot of, you know, uh getting your brain, you know, uh upgraded kind of a thing at college. Permaculture is well, all about gaining life skills, right? Everything is about can you live a little I don't know. I think that like here we are to PDC. It's not as much life skills at this PDC. You're sitting on your ass. You're hearing <laughs> Alan talk. Um, you know, this PDC it's doesn't have different. an enormous amount of hands-on, like less hands-on. Oh, now Alan's coming over here giving me the stink eye. What? What? Actions begin in thoughts. And if you can't actually actualize how the system is going to, dynamics need to perform, then your actions aren't going to be well-coordinated to create your outcomes. Hey. Alan, should 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 somebody young like eighteen go if they're they're keen on permaculture? Should they go to college? It depends. Okay, oh, fair enough. Can you give us a little bit more than that? What I would say is well, he's pulling up a chair. He's going to get into it. I'll do this. I'm trying to do this pretty fast. What what I would what I'm seeing now is that there are certain degrees where you're never going to get a great return on investment economically. It's guaranteed. Yeah. We can look at it. Most of the liberal arts degrees, if you're looking at it from an economic re- return on investment, you're not going to get it. The only degrees that we can do the math on and see that you're going to probably get a good return on investment today are your engineering degrees. Um, law degrees are actually getting harder because what's happening now is um, a lot of the legal work is moving towards AI. We're starting Ooh. to yes, wow. <laughs> what's what's happening now is that a lot of the the a lot of the work that the paralegals and the younger attorneys were doing were a lot of case law reference work, looking up, finding all the case law, doing all that kind of stuff. It turns out AI's, AI is great at that. Mm. You can say, here's the circumstance, find me all the case law, bring it up. 
and they can do all this legwork. They can read, quote, unquote, read all this case law and bring it back to you. So now you've got one senior attorney who's going to do the final synthesis and analysis and yeah. generate the argument, right? So a lot of people I'm seeing today are coming out with their degree, law degree, getting their bar, and they're like, fighting to find employment. And I think as AI keeps on going out, that's going to get harder. You're going to get to fewer attorneys, more AI. Okay. The big cash cow used to be getting an MBA. Yes. Um, sure. That one's still going to be there. No. This is the question. If you're keen on permaculture, that one might be harder to swallow than some others. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that the MBA's usefulness is often been more in networking than what you learn in the MBA program itself. Because the, peop- the, the people who come out of an MBA who are the most successful are the ones who got the network from being in the named school, mm-hmm. right? So, sure, if you're going to play the, the business game and you want to go that direction, then pick you, and you want to do an MBA, then think of that as a network building exercise because... Today, you can all the stuff you learn in MBA program, you can get elsewhere for cheap. Okay, let's start with a person is keen on permaculture, and they're asking the question, college or not? Mm-hmm. Like I said, it goes back. There's so many dimensions to that. Oh no, there is. And, right. and ready, they're still asking the question right. and saying there's so many dimensions to that is a cop out. So, so give give this poor kid some traction. <laughs> well, the whole problem is I need to be able to ask follow-up questions, right? Yeah. Are they interested in engineering? Are they interested in medicine? Are they, in, you know, and it's because it's going to be so dependent on their individual temperament and what they're interested in and what they want to do. Do you want to go to engineering school, right? That's a that's a whole question. Um, how do you want to make a living with your hands? There's some people who want to make a living less directly with their hands, hard physical labor. They want to be more of the on the thinking side of things. Their temperament is more towards that. There's others who are very much like, no, I want to jump in and do the things with my hands. That's what my primary thing is going to be. I want to do that. That's the first question. You know, are you... What's your balance in that, in life? And so that's the first place I would start. I've had people ask me this question a lot. And every time, it's a series of questions going down their individual temperaments and so forth. And then the trade-offs. Because what I'll basically say is a lot of the universities have been working hard to make themselves irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And I think what's going to happen is basically this. With, we now have AI. We have all this online stuff. What I'm seeing is that the mid-tier colleges are starting to get stressed because what's going on is the, the top-tier colleges that can get the best professors and the best teachers are starting to create massive online classes. And they're starting to realize that they can up their revenue by bringing in students virtually and, tra- and, and giving them classes and giving them credit. And then on the low end, the community colleges can teach for a way less because they don't have the cost structure of a major residential university, right? So what's happening is the, the major residential universities right now are getting squeezed out in the middle by the coming on of these massive online classes with, from big-name universities. And at the low end, trying to compete for the people who are trying to get some sort of quote-unquote education for low cost. So I think we're going to see a polarization here, Mm -hmm. and we're going to see the fact that 
it's going to become more and more economically invi- unviable for a lot of people to go spend four years sitting on a major on the campus of a traditional university, and the ROI is going to get increasingly stressed as energy costs. I heard Brent talking about that as the energy costs keep going up, all these costs keep going up. You're going to kind of get to the place where you are looking at can I get my my degree in place without going and living on the, the campus. And so that adds, when you just say, should I get a college degree, that adds a whole other dimension to the question. One is, should I get my college degree here while I do other things, while I'm making money? Should I can take more than four years to do it and get that credential? Or should I just take off and go sit on a college campus for four years and get an undergraduate degree? And what's you know what does that look like? And you might not even know what you want to do. Exactly. So you might have to switch, and yes. then that's more money. You know? Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Put Paul's brain on your plot. Do you have a hunk of land but don't know where to start? Do you have a world-changing permaculture idea and you need some feedback? Do you feel like the guy in overalls may inexplicably hold the keys to all your wildest permaculture and homesteading dreams? Well, you're probably wrong. But if you want to give it a go anyway, you can hire Paul for a consultation. He will be all yours for a whole entire hour. Schedule your Paul-versation today at permies.com slash consult. permies.com slash consult. So, like I said, we're in, in the PDC, we talk about edges, our productive places where lots of biodiversity exists. And I feel like we're in a cultural edge here. You know, when I, you know, graduated high school and was going to college in the 1980s, it was the cost of an engineering degree versus the return on investment was a no-brainer. Right. It was like, you know, it was just a no-brainer. Today, that's a complicated question because we're in this moment of cultural, economic, energy transition. And the colleges are having the transition because of all of that. The demographics are transitioning, which means that their base of students is changing and they're having to change their strategies. All these things are in the middle of changing, which is why I'm having to hedge so much when I'm, you know, giving a response. Because now there's also so many different options. There are micro-credential options. It used to be if you wanted to go work for a biggie like Google or Facebook or whatever, it's like we want the computer science degree, right? That's cost of entry to get in the door. Today, these guys are saying... We don't care. Mm-hmm. We do not care. We want to know if you can program. Mm-hmm. So people are going off and getting micro-credentials. They're, they're getting these, you know, programs where they're like, yep, I know this programming language. I can program like this. Here's my micro-credential. And they're walking to the door to these big tech companies, and the tech companies are going, yeah, we figured out. We don't really care if you have a four-year degree. We care about whether you can do the work, and if you have the micro-credentials that you can get for a fraction of the cost of a traditional four-year degree, you're good. And they'll right? do the training for the next thing. Right, yeah. exactly. I did, uh, I, I did tech interviews to hire about um, – I, I did tech, tech interviews for 400 different software engineers hiring, I don't know, about 80 and uh, maybe 100 over all that time. Um, and yeah, we didn't. I didn't. You know, when I looked at their resume, I just looked to see what they've done, yep. and I only looked at it for probably 15 seconds before deciding whether or not I wanted to interview them. And in the interview, I would ask them technical questions about, um, you, you know, 
trying trying to trip them up, and then that would that would get me to. Uh, that's all I cared about. I didn't care about whether they had a PhD. In fact, I've met some PhDs that were amazing, and I met some PhDs that it's like oh, I don't so think yeah. I don't think you really got a PhD. I think you made that up because you are terrible. Um, yeah, I've, I've run across a few that yeah here. Okay, you may be controversial. Here we go. Um, basically, what I think now when I see that somebody has a college degree is that they have a certificate of compliance. Yes, I would have to agree. Yes, they yeah. got a BS, and all that that implies. They right. they they're able to put up with a <laughs> with this much bullshit to get that piece of paper, right. mm-hmm. which is a life test. Yeah, you know that person is able to get through a whole bunch of bullshit to yep. get the thing done. Comply with a series of jumping through hoops in a particular order. Yeah, to be do able to do what you're told and get to the end and so when you come out you have a piece of paper that basically tells an employer that you are somewhat trainable and mm-hmm. also that you will be compliant and you can be put into this cog in a machine mm-hmm. and you can go the, there were like 37 impossible people that they somehow navigated in order to get the right, piece of paper exactly mm-hmm. here's the thing I have seen people come out I've interviewed myself who have an undergraduate degree coming out in electrical engineering and when you talk to them they know nothing about electrical engineering mm-hmm. what happened was they took each class in sequence they studied they got to the point where they could pass the test they passed the test they got their grade and they promptly forgot the whole bloody thing I have literally seen somebody who had a bachelor's degree from a major university, big-name university, in electrical engineering. And when I was interviewing them, I asked them basic electrical engineering questions. They could not answer at all. Mm-hmm. I finally asked them a question. You ready for this? A simple circuit question requiring them to use Ohm's Law in a DC circuit, which is like this is kindergarten for electrical engineers. They were lost. I finally asked them to just tell me what Ohm's Law was, the most fundamental of equations in electrical engineering, and their response was literally, I've heard of that. <laughs> literally. Okay? So my thing now is when I see that somebody has a undergraduate degree, as somebody who's had to, as you said, hmm. interview people for jobs, it's like I assume from that piece of paper they know nothing, but that they were capable of doing what was required to jump through the hoops and get the piece of paper. So that tells me about whether they can be quote unquote trained and whether they would be compliant. So um, I want to compare to the thing I just said one year in skip, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make a bold claim. One year in skip, and then you get uh, 200 acres of land with two homes on it, uh, a, a, a damn good truck, a pretty good car, a tractor, a barn, um, you know, uh, plus 100 grand in cash. And you know, basically, if you want to retire in that scenario, then at the age of 19, if you started at 18, you can retire um, at the age of 19 uh, with this. Whereas uh, if you go to college. 
four years in college and if you had to you know take out loans to do it um i think that the earliest that you're going to be able to retire is probably on average around 55 and then and, and then you're just getting started you barely have a home you barely have acres you barely have it's going to take you a long time on a lot of money to polish that that place up and get it up and running uh, so i'm this is what i'm proposing now alan <clears throat> I want to ask you a slightly different question really quick. I have talked to, before I even wrote the skip book, and I think you've, I don't know if you've read the skip book, but I, yes. I imagine you at least have held it. And, and when I say Otis, you know what that is. Yes. Okay. I've read the front sections and I've skimmed all the requirements. Okay. All right. I did not read all the requirements in detail, but I read all the front matter. I know that I am, I have been bombarded, even before writing the skip book, by Otis's. And of course, one of the, the most famous famous in the book is I use Mike Ayler as an example because he was the most persistent and insistent and he was such a fucking pest that it, it ended up the the result of his being a pest and thinking well you're right but and then I, the creation of Skip I want to ask you have you met any Otis's? I have and but it's 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 usually what's going on is complex family things popping out, right? It's like they're looking at land that they've put a lot of time and effort into. In some cases, it's multi-generational farms and things like this. And they're looking at their children, and they're saying, if I give this to my children, they're going to sell it, and it's going to be turn into suburbia or something like that and they have this attachment to the land where they're like I don't want that to happen and they're looking for something they're looking for some way in which they can feel like they're handing this multi-generational asset off so that it will continue to be managed in a way that respects the land that they grew up on and that they love and culturally we've made this a very difficult problem to solve because the monetary We've now gotten to the point where monetarily handing it off to the next generation is fraught, that the financing of that is financing it with debt, right? And then, of course, we've also created a society in which communities have been pulled apart. So how do you even know somebody who can get connected with somebody because you're isolated. The communities, the farming communities, have largely been reduced and fragmented. And so now finding the next generation you can connect with, very difficult culturally. And so that's the dynamic, I think. And you're, yeah, in, that's in, like, that's it. That's yeah. exactly it. These people, the thing is, is like I need to will my, I, I have... 40, maybe even 80 years of love poured right. in to yep. this property, yep. and and I will give it all, mm-hmm. and the money, and everything, mm-hmm. if if I can just find somebody that I know, that I, I can just know yep. that they're going to continue, they're going to they're gonna love it maybe even more than me, mm-hmm. but everybody I talk to is a fucking loser. They're all pieces of shit. And Mm -hmm. frankly, I'm just going to let the government have it because I just can't point to one person because they're just going to liquidate it just like the government Mm -hmm. would. And 
I, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. It's not worth the effort. And so I just, can you give me one person? And, and somehow comes with a package of, I know, I know that person will love it and carry on, not just sell it. Now, I, I presented at the Missoula Public Library on Skip uh, a couple of months ago. And after the presentation, there was a guy who came up to me. He says, well, I've done everything that you've listed in your Skip program. And so I need you to give me the names of the people that are contacting you. And uh, because I'm worth it. And I'll tell them so. And it's, and so I gave them nothing. <laughs> I was like, well, I told them, well, then going through the formal program will go about 10 times faster for you than all the other people. No, I'm not doing that. Then you'll never meet one of our Otis's. It really wasn't worth it. So, <laughs> so to me, what's, let's see how I want to, how to go into this. Um, <laughs> What's interesting to me, and we talk about this a little bit, we get into the, the, the community structures in the PDC, is that when we get out of human scale, what happens is we have to go to systems of trust by proxy. What I mean yeah. by that is that when the community has cohesion, you know, I can call it cat and be like, hey, I'm looking for this person. And then the word goes out in the community, and everybody in the community knows and can vouch for that person. All the people that I know for decades in my community vouch for that person. And then I'm like, all right, I, I now have a feeling. Trust that person. But when we get out of human scale, what happens is we don't have that cohesion. It's like I don't have that network. So, therefore, I have to trust by proxy. And we're talking about universities. Mm. Universities are trust by proxy. It's right. like, we train this person. We vouch for them. Here's their diploma. They know something. You can hire them, right? right. Skip is, well, this person did all these tasks. They documented it, and we will vouch for the fact that they did these tasks. Right. Therefore, trust by proxy, right? Right. I want a person that I at least know knows a thing and has a work ethic. Well, and I think that if you're going to hire somebody, mm -hmm. then it's like the knowledge that they went through the bullshit engine and mm -hmm. survived uh, says something. Yeah. And then the next thing is, is like, okay, when I need them to write a report, it'll at least have, you know, halfway decent grammar. Um, and then the, met recent college. Uh, right? Okay, all right. Sorry, sorry, they'll sorry. They'll probably do it. Yeah. They'll probably do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. The grammar parts. Okay. Okay. Oh. But they'll but use grammar lambs. Yeah. I think they'll for a lot for, for the Otises, yeah. and and correct me if I'm wrong based on your Otises that mm -hmm. you've met. It's like the like for example, one of the things I've heard a few times is have have they ever put up a cord of wood? Yeah. Like. And I mean, they're like like the Otis has put up ten cord of wood every year for the last sixty yep. years, right. including right now they're old and feeble and they're still doing it. Yep. And it's like, but you meet some young folks and it's like, how do you spell cord? Mm -hmm. And and it's like, and then of course you know the the, the the Otis might not know how to spell cord either. But <laughs> but that okay. The thing is, is that they they. They'll talk about having one time chopped wood when they stayed at a cabin somewhere right. or something like that or when they went mm -hmm. camping, uh, you know, and that's about it. And, but how much is a cord? They don't know how much a cord is. Right. And um, and it's like, no, they're out. 
And it's like, so there's mm-hmm. there's some basics. Like, have you done these basics? Right. And it's like, granted, this is not this is not thorough. But if you got PEPFOR certification, it's not thorough. However, if you got PEPFOR certification, then the probability of having done thorough is about a hundred times higher than the other candidates. There's a good chance that all of the other things that Otis needs were between the cracks. So they can see pictures of certain things that happened. And, they, and then the thing is, is that there's other things that probably happened which wasn't measured. And it's like, but, you know, it's like, okay, that's there. All right, the key is, is that I, I'm saying Otis, o, o, the Otis's need, like a common one is uh, to know, have they put up a cord of wood? And, and is that, for first, is that fair? Does that seem like a thing you've heard before or have you heard something similar? So I'm thinking about one of my tracking instructors who was in his mid-70s, and we would go to his place to do the advanced tracking training. And um, he heated a course with wood. Of course. And um, he did the whole, all his wood with double bit axe. Yeah, at 75. And I have a picture somewhere of about 10 cords of wood, all beautifully stacked under the dry, in the drying shed, just like, right? And um, so that's just baseline for some oh, people yeah. that, like this. It's like, well, of course I do that. But it's, you know? it's like you asking about Ohm's Law. And, right. and my question was, I had, I had a series of 10 questions, yep. and then each one was a little bit harder. But if they, if they failed on the first one, two, or three, yeah. I'd be like, that's it. There was only three questions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. but, but I'm not hiring them. We've got to get to question number 10, and right. hell, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hire. But it's kind of like put up a cord of wood. That's like what I would ask is, what is the difference between string and string buffer? And so for any of you that have ever programmed in Java, you probably know what I'm talking about. But um, I had people that were candidates for software engineering, and they did not have uh, an answer. And they would do like what you did. I have heard of both of those. Yes. Hmm, that is well, my answer. Yeah, to be clear, the, the thing about asking about Ohm's Law was after I had lowered the bar repeatedly until I was like, what is the lowest bar I can possibly give ah. them? Right? Can you just tell me Ohm's Law? You peeled back the onion. And I kept on... At the bottom, you were all crying. That's right. It's like, <laughs> oh, I've heard of that. I'm like, oh, God. You know, it's like, it's like, yeah, we're down to the bottom now. Okay. So, okay. All right. But the key is, is I think, uh, have you put up a cord of wood? That's that's the basic, mm-hmm. you know, because because a lot of people are gonna be like, what's a cord, or how yeah. big is a cord, or this one time at band mm-hmm. camp there was a there was a block of wood and an right. axe, you know, yeah. and it's like so you want to get it's like let's get that's where you get mm-hmm. started, right. but then there's gonna be like how much food have you grown, have you raised mm-hmm. animals, you know, have you done the things that I've done on my property, mm-hmm. and so those those kinds of things, mm-hmm. uh, other things that I've heard from different flavors of Otis is is like can I hire these people mm-hmm. you know if i see them doing it i need to get somebody onto my property where i just know they're going to do things because i've i've tried hiring other people and uh that didn't go the way i hoped and and so it's like stuff like that so there's some of that as well and mm-hmm. it's like well they've got property you could do a bunch of your um bbs there and stuff all right 
So, the reason, of course, you know, every time I smile, it's like I'm just thinking about how to make your podcast more controversial. We can, all of the podcasts go into 47 <laughs> different directions. There's no way you can stop it, but we've only got like six minutes left. Yes. So, I'll kind of say this. You were talking about universities and so forth, right? Yeah. One of the things we talk about in, I go through complex systems dynamics in detail in the PDC, and one of the things we say is that the level of complexity that a system can maintain is in part dependent upon the amount of energy flow through the system to maintain that complexity. And when a system does not have the same level of energy flow through it and resource flow through it, the system must simplify and and basically find a new equilibrium point at a lower degree of complexity. Yeah. Okay? Now let me, make a, let me apply that here. Okay? We have had so much in the way of resource flow through American culture because of American empire since World War II, that we have 5% of the world population consuming over 25% of the global resources, okay? So the question is, as geopolitics emerge over the next 10, 20, 30 years, we're talking about people who are going into college right now, that's their life, Yes. can America maintain that level of resource flow? In other words, can we continue to be 5% of the global population monopolizing a quarter of the world's resources? If the answer is no, then we will have a reduced level of energy flow and resource flow in order to be able to maintain complexity in the system. The most, quote-unquote, high-level jobs are at the top of the complexity hierarchy. So... If we get into a place where we are having to shed, as a civilization, shed complexity, then guess who gets shed first? The top of the complexity hierarchy is the first place where you have to start shedding in order to find a new equilibrium point so that the system can continue in some sort of homeostasis. And so another part of the complexity that we're having to look at when we look at this thing is what do you believe will be the ability for the United States of America, if that's where you're living, or whichever country you're in, to maintain the current level of resource flows so that if you get a job at the very top of the complexity hierarchy, that you still have a job throughout your career. Has anybody at this table ever read Kurt Vonnegut's book, Player Piano? I'm, I'm the I'm the only one. Okay, so yeah, uh, basically it's what you just said. Um, all right, uh, we're we're down to a couple of minutes. You you had a very rich answer. How about let me let me try to ask you a different question. You've met some Otises. I'm going to guess you've met eight Otises. How close am I? I have to sit there and think back through it. It's probably not too too far off. Okay, all right. Um, when these people came to you and said that they're looking, you know, they want to find somebody, blah, 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 and they're going to will their land and whatever else. And, and if you said there are these people that are PEP4 certified, mm-hmm. um, would that have satisfied probably, I'm going, to, I'm going to even ask the question in a very bold, bold fashion, mm-hmm. would that have satisfied all eight of them? I think the first question would be what in the world is PEP4 certified, right? In other words... The first thing is... It's, it's about four to five years of, of work. Yeah, it's, it's, you've, yeah. you've built a wafati and lived it in, in yeah. for a year. You've grown 400 mil, or 4 million calories of food, which is enough to feed four people year-round. Yep. Um, there's there's a, a, a bunch of things that you did, mm-hmm. but it's, it's our highest certification at this time. 
I think the answer would have been, I want to talk to them. Okay. All right. I mean, obviously there's human dimensions to all of this, but I think at that point in time, if they could see that and saw that, see that that was all there, they'd be like, oh, now this is an interesting person. I definitely want to talk to them, right? As opposed to, you know, some city slicker with their their their, their college degree, which I, doesn't tell me they can do a bloody thing, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, I think if there's an interesting dynamic at work here, which is these people we're calling Otis's, do they do they become aware that this program exists? And I think if you get people who went through the program from a certain distance, it's probably going to open the doors to conversations and then an openness to consider some some accommodation. Sometimes, it may, I mean, in, the, in your best-case scenario, maybe I'm just going to give it to you because otherwise, I think Brent was talking earlier, maybe it's like I'm going to work out a way with you because I really want this to go to you. I'm going to work out some way of doing it, right? We're going to work together. I've seen a couple of instances where, it really did work out where they they could age the the Otis could age in place, mm-hmm. and they could actually stack enterprises with the younger person stacking yeah. enterprises oh, yeah. on, yeah, yeah. right? And they could age in place with like some sort of enterprise buyout for their estate or whatever at the end, but way different than like you're just a 20 year old looking for land, trying to go around and knock on doors. Trying to go to a bank and say, I want to finance, you're like, oh, my God, you are, you know, you are at so much a disadvantage. So I'm thinking that this dynamic, if it emerges over time, could allow for us to connect people and to start to open up conversations for rich possibilities of different arrangements in which we could actually bridge that generational gap. Okay, that would be, I think, the best case scenario that I would see for something like this. Yeah. I guess because because to wrap up, we've got like what one minute left. The the big thing is is that college or not, and I think my answer at this point, if you're keen on permaculture, I'd say that if you're going to have to pay for the college, I mean, it's like it's a party if 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 it's paid for you, but if you have to pay for it, I'd say hard no. I'd say skip. I think I think in two years of skip you're going to get something um you're, you're going to go directly to retirement if you're keen on permaculture i would say it a little bit differently where i would say you know you have to ask those questions and try to figure out the answers that that um, alan was talking about and if you feel that you were on the edge or you're not quite sure or you're not even quite sure of what you doing but you are a hands-on person you like to work with your hands this would be a great way to start and really figure out who you are and yeah. what direction you want to go true and it's an inexpensive way that you're gaining a lot of life skills you're learning a lot of different things you're seeing how these patterns all go together and it makes it easier to understand should i go to college i would think it would be something that if you're at all wondering you should probably do it for a year or two and you'll probably get a better answer i would even go so far as to say do a month of bb's and then maybe you're going to be like, it turns out I'm into college. <laughs> I'm going to go college because I hate this. <laughs> you know? You got to hey, give it a I chance, loved though. permaculture a month ago, but now I think it's a lot of hard work I don't want to do. I think you got to give it a little bit of a chance because you can gain a, you can gain an appreciation of something over a little bit of time sure. that you can't That's just by too. thinking about it. Like right. Plants become more and more beautiful to me the more I work with them and the longer I look at them. That's all... all 
all true. I have, and I guess I just want to say I've seen people with powerful enthusiasm for permaculture get three days into it, and all of that power, all, all of that enthusiasm is gone. It was all, I dream of a day when I do all the things. And then three days in, it's like, I, I dream of a day of living in the city, playing video games and getting stoned. You know? So that's, I, I think, I think uh, things change when you get that, when you start splitting the wood. You know, some people are kind of like, you know what? I've decided I do not like this. And other people, it's like, I am home. And this is, I was never home before, and finally I am. You do need to get a wide experience of all the different things, because there are so many different things. You might find an area that you True. absolutely love. True. You could become the expert in that very easily, and then maybe add on a little bit of college to go and enhance that if you needed to. And on that note, <laughs> <laughs> if you like this sort of thing, come on out to the forums at permies.com, where we talk about college, <laughs> homesteading, and permaculture all, all the, the time. time. In a world on the brink of social collapse, one website stands above the rest to fight back the zombie horde of corporate trolls. Permies.com. Take back control of your destiny and protect your loved ones from the toxic gick coming at you from all directions. Strap on your overalls and start building that bunker of abundance with the good vibes and friendly, helpful insight found at Permies.com.